Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Blueprint podcast with your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us again on this journey as we continue to uncover and learn more about the fundamental concepts in Bitcoin. If you have listened to the previous episodes, we've gone through a host of different fundamental concepts in the space, covering things from, well, starting off with what Bitcoin is, why it's important, the network behind Bitcoin mining, and most recently, proof of work. If you've missed any of those episodes, I highly recommend going back, taking some time to listen to them as they provide a very good foundation for what we are about to talk to today. And the topic of today's episodes is Bitcoin wallets. In today's episode, I want to talk broadly about what Bitcoin wallets are, how they work, public and private keys, and some of the main concepts that you need to know as it relates to how they work. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today, and let's get started. Bitcoin is unique in many ways, but one of the things that makes it very unique is the fact that Bitcoin is a bearer asset. Now, if you haven't heard of the term bearer asset before, essentially what it means is a bearer asset is something which you are able to custody yourself and take full and complete ownership of, meaning that whoever physically holds the asset is considered its rightful owner. Now, Bitcoin is often described as a bearer asset because ownership and control of Bitcoin are determined by whoever possesses the private keys to the Bitcoin address where the funds are stored. If you have the private keys to a Bitcoin address, you have full control over the Bitcoins associated to that address and the network recognizes you as the owner of it. We will get more into the concept around a private key further in this episode and what that is. But right now, the concept that I want you to grasp is bearer assets and what that means. And again, what it means is that you're able to take full custody and ownership of that asset. And that's something that's fairly rare nowadays because rarely do we effectively own and custody our assets. If you think about it, most people who have money on a bank or stocks or another type of assets, largely those assets are custodied by third parties, whether your money on a bank or you know a broker who custodies your stocks or what have you. Essentially, very rarely nowadays do we actually take ownership of our assets and are able to control them fully without a third party. And the term bearer asset also comes from gold, where gold is a bearer asset because you are, if you wanted to, you are able to take full custody and ownership of your gold, right? You could have gold and keep it in a safe in your house, and that gives you the full power and ownership of that gold. You don't need to go to a bank to say, hey, let me you know, transact with this gold or send it somewhere or do anything with it. You're the only one that assumes full responsibility and ownership of it. Now, of course, 
with great power comes great responsibility. I think a lot of times now we're also maybe scared to take full custody and ownership of our assets because we are the ones that assume responsibility for it. Another example is cash, right? If you have cash in your wallet and you go out and you lose your wallet or it gets stolen or something happens where you lose that cash, you then can't go to a bank and say, hey, I lost $100 um, on the street today. Can you please you know, refund that into my account? <laughs> the bank will laugh at you and say, look, you deposited that money from your account. So now you took, you are the one that has ownership and responsibility for it. And similarly with Bitcoin, it's nice because it doesn't mean that everybody has to take custody of their Bitcoin themselves, although I recommend everybody do that. And again, we'll get into that a bit more, but it provides you the ability to do so in a way that's also practical because a lot of assets, again, like stocks, for example, you can't really custody them yourself even if you wanted to. If the broker were to go bankrupt or something were to happen, there's no way to take full ownership and custody of those assets. And the unique thing about Bitcoin is that it provides you at least the ability to do that. And that can be very, very powerful, especially in a day and age where you know financial freedom and the ability to take ownership over your, your assets is, I think, in my opinion, more and more critical. And that's a concept around a bearer asset or what it is and why Bitcoin or how Bitcoin is a bearer asset. Now, to go a bit more into detail and explain how this is the case, we first have to talk about a Bitcoin wallet. And the way that people think about wallets, mostly when you tell them, of course, is in the traditional way. You think of a wallet as something you know you can put into your pockets where you're able to store cash and cards and other things that you may typically put into a wallet. And that's, of course, how people think of a traditional wallet, which is how it works. But a Bitcoin wallet is actually very different from a traditional quote-unquote wallet. And to explain that more, we have to talk about what defines Bitcoin ownership. How do you say, okay, I own Bitcoin? And going back to our earlier episodes, we of course talked a lot about Bitcoin and Bitcoin's blockchain and how the blockchain is a series of ledger entries where transactions are noted and ownership is defined. So taking this step further, Bitcoin ownership is defined by wallet addresses on the Bitcoin blockchain that states an amount that a wallet owns, a wallet address owns. And from there, that person who owns that address, who owns that um, you know address on the blockchain is then able to spend the Bitcoin associated to that wallet. And I hope that makes sense. So if we visualize it again one more time, ownership of Bitcoin is defined by ownership of a wallet address that states how much Bitcoin has been sent to you in the past. So that could be that you bought Bitcoin from an exchange and then sent that Bitcoin to your own wallet. 
It could be that a friend send Bitcoin to a wallet that you owned. There's a multiple different ways that you could have accumulated Bitcoin, but to have accumulated Bitcoin in the past or own to take an ownership of Bitcoin meant that someone sent Bitcoin to a wallet address that you own. Now, in order to take this a step further, we have to discuss how you then spend that money. How do you spend Bitcoin that is associated to a wallet address that you own? And this is where private and public keys come into play. Now, the first concept is a public key. And in cryptography, a public key can be seen like an account number. It's what creates, you know, this Bitcoin address that you own on the blockchain. And so if you want to receive Bitcoin, you share that address that is associated to your public key and people are able to send value to you. So a public key is something that is able to be made public and that you are able to use to receive Bitcoin from other people. A private key is, you can view it like your password or private code. It's a shorter random string of numbers and letters. And it's something that should never be shared with anyone. Because if anyone gets access to your private key, they are able to spend the Bitcoin that is associated to your public key, your public key address. And so a way to analogize or view this is you could almost view it like, again, a bank account number. You can share your account number with people to you know, receive value, but you wouldn't want to give them you know, the password to your online banking account because if they have access to your online banking account, they may be able to transfer money to themselves when you don't want them to do that. So a public key, again, public. You can share that with people. Private key must be kept secret at all times and you should never share your private key with anybody that you do not want to have access to your funds. In Bitcoin terms, how this works is when you share your Bitcoin address with someone, anybody can send value to that address. So you can receive value on that address. And then, but in order to spend that money, this is where your private key comes in. Your private key is what authorizes you to be able to spend money from your public key. You can almost view it like a digital signature. Now, how they work together is that when you create a Bitcoin wallet, what the wallet does is it generates a pair of public and private key pairs for you. The public key is derived from the private key through complex cryptographic processes. The public key is then hashed to create your Bitcoin address, which you can share with others to receive funds. Your private key remains hidden in your wallet and it's used behind the scenes to sign transactions when you want to send Bitcoin. Since the public key is mathematically related to the private key, 
Anyone who possesses the private key can access and control the Bitcoin associated with the corresponding public key address. This is why, again, it's crucial to keep your private key secure and not share it with anyone. I hope this concept makes a bit of sense because it's, it's of course, difficult to grasp. But when you break it down in an analogy that I used previously, it can become a lot more simple to understand. Your public key is what creates the Bitcoin addresses, which are associated to your wallet. And your private key is what is used to spend the funds associated to the addresses on your wallet. Now, the whole cryptographic process between how public-private key pairs are created, how a private key actually, you know, in action goes and signs a transaction, that's all stuff that is operated typically by the software or hardware wallet which you use to store your Bitcoin funds. So you don't really need to worry yourselves about how that whole process goes into place. The important part to note is just that you have a public and private key pair. And the reason this is important to know is because in essence, that is the main function that a Bitcoin wallet serves. A Bitcoin wallet is made so that you have a designated device or piece of software which manages your public and private key pair, which determines the ownership of the Bitcoin which you have on the blockchain. A wallet ensures that only you have access to your private keys, keeping your Bitcoin safe from unauthorized access or theft. And that's, as I mentioned, the main function of a Bitcoin wallet. The other function of a Bitcoin or main function of a Bitcoin wallet is to send and receive Bitcoin because you need, again, the interface to be able to make transactions. And that is the second purpose that a Bitcoin wallet serves is to be able to send and receive Bitcoin. So those are the main concepts which are essential, foundational to understand as it relates to taking custody of Bitcoin and Bitcoin wallets. In the next episode, I'm going to dive deeper into the different types of wallets. So we're going to look at, you know, software wallets, hardware wallets, keeping your wallet on an exchange, for example, and look at all the different pros and cons of each. But I wanted this to be more of a groundwork laying episode where we discuss what Bitcoin ownership really means, how it's represented. And again, we talked about Bitcoin ownership being represented by an address on the blockchain, which owns a certain amount of Bitcoin. And then to be able to spend that Bitcoin, you need the private key, which is associated to that wallet address, which is managed by a Bitcoin wallet. That's the main thesis of this episode, and I hope that is um, a bit clear. I know it's, again, they're, they're challenging concepts sometimes to grasp around, but again, the whole cryptographic 
processes behind public and private keys, you don't need to know. You don't really need to worry about yourself about that unless it's something that you're interested in. And then, you know, you can definitely dive deeper into that. There's a lot of great materials to do so. But for this episode or for the purposes of most people, that's the concept that I want you to understand as it relates to Bitcoin wallets. In the next episode, when we talk about what the different types of Bitcoin wallets are, we'll relay a bit more back to the discussion around Bitcoin being a bearer asset and how Bitcoin doesn't require you to take ownership of it, but it allows you to do so. And that's very foundational. You know, we'll talk about having a third party like an exchange custody your Bitcoin, but then also talking about software and hardware wallets and how you are able to take custody of Bitcoin in a way that's very easy and also creates a lot of financial freedom for yourself. So with that, I'm going to close today's episode. I hope it was useful. I hope it made sense. And as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And until next time.